and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 323. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are going to finish out Star Trek Picard with the final two episodes of the series, Vox and The Last Generation. The Vox, Season 3, Episode 9, original release date, April 13th, 2023. Directed by Terry Matalis, written by Sean Trada and Kylie Rossetter. Guest cast include Brent Spiner as Data, LeVar Burton as Jordy LaForge, Michael Dorn as Worf, Jonathan Frakes as William T. Riker, Gates McFadden as Beverly Crusher, Marina Sirtis as Deanna Troy, Alex Krieg as the Borg Queen, Todd Stashwick as Liam Shaw, Ashley Sharp Chestnut as Sidney LaForge, and Elizabeth Dennehy as Elizabeth Shelby. Tori discovers Jack is connected to the Borg, the source of all the voices he hears. Beverly realizes that Picard's supposed irremonic syndrome was in fact undetected organic Borg technology implanted in him when he became Locutus, and that technology seeded itself in Jack. Horrified, Jack flees the Titan in a shuttle, despite Picard's attempts to stop him. The Fleet Museum? Jordy, why are we here? We need a ship. Something older, analog, offline from the others. You think we can use one of these? Well, I was going to say this as a surprise one day, but I guess there's no time like the present. Adam, kick us off on Vox, the penultimate episode of Picard. Vox. So, um, you know, here we go. We had the cliffhanger last episode. You know, they're about to go through the door. So it all opens up uh, with um, Counselor Troy doing her thing, doing her counseling thing, and they go through the go through the door and what a you know board eat all the red vines eat all the red vines and you become a Borg. and so it's funny i, I think the first half of the set i think this was I, don't get me wrong, i liked it i enjoyed these last two episodes but i i think i have borg fatigue i understand why they did this and you know they went through this and i kind of feel like we we even saw this in the last season of mccarty you know the Borg queen you know hanging from the rafters that kind of thing and um this will be my one complaint on writing for this season. You know, I love the scenes between Picard and Jack. I thought they were very well acted, very well performed. What got me is just all of a sudden he just takes off. Now, I mean, I, I guess the, the onus for that is he's, he's kind of under control of the Borg by this, or more under control. But I thought it was just a little bit flimsy that, okay, hey, you know, you've got this problem. We're going to, ha- you know, we're going to get it solved. We're going to, then he just kind of flips out and takes off. It just seems kind of completely out of character for him, what they'd set up so far. But when his mother runs up to him and tries to stop him and he, he has those guards hold her back and what he says to her, it does. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, Comparatively to other to other things that we watched, you know, and we other things that we complained about in the writing. I mean, it's minimal, but that's how good the season's been. I can't. There's not been really much of a time where I can be like, man, what were they thinking here? What's what was the idea behind this writing or that kind of thing? And like I said, you know, I want to credit. You know, we've been very positive about this series, about this season rather um, throughout. And I like I said, I I still enjoyed these last two episodes. But if I was gonna put a dent in the armor of this season, this would be where it was at. This is kind of where I was like, eh, I don't know. Maybe they just kind of wrote themselves into a corner. They kind of ran, they didn't have time to really develop something else to get him off to the ship to the Borg. This was just kind of the fastest way to get it done. And so I understand that. Yeah. I'll say, I, I can see where you're coming from as far as just how quick he is to 
run away. But I will say, I actually really like the explanation. Uh, the whole, you know, getting into the exposition weeds there. But I really, really found it satisfying that it wasn't aromatic syndrome. It was actually this other thing that was because of the Borg. Oh, that's, oh, I agree. He passes it on to Jack. That's how Jack is, you know, and then later in is it this episode or the next one. Yeah, later in this episode, right, later in this episode, we find out that they've been seeding this into younger members of the crew through the transporter. And so that's how Jack's been able to control the younger people. And even right down to Picard's line about, oh, it, it was actually this thing in my genes that they that was left over from being locutus. It wasn't aromatic syndrome. And that's how I, I was still able to hear them after I was assimilated, like the opening scenes of first contact. You're like, that is just freaking brilliant. You know, yeah, I true. mean, it seems so right. It's that really feels like, okay, that was the plan 30 years ago. <laughs> it wasn't, but it, it's, it's so perfect, you know? So yeah, it's very techy and you know, it's, it's very satisfying for, you know, and it's, Plausible. It's scientifically, you know, they're implanting this DNA into the, all these cadets, these younger. It know, makes a lot more sense than him having anything to do with actually with being a changeling or something crazy like that. For sure. But it, it makes actual sense. Now that said, too, I will say for different reasons, like the, today's two episodes are probably my least favorite of the entire season, but I still think they're great and I and I love them. And I think that probably has to do with, um, you know, I've talked before about generally you know when the fate of the galaxy is what we're up against and sometimes that stuff's a little gets to be a little bit less interesting to me it's still done really well enough that i'm able to enjoy it and obviously we'll get into the nostalgia 1701d nuttiness and by the end of the next episode you know given me like probably 20 minutes or something crazy of of farewell stuff is uh, that's a gift and i love that so it's not that remotely that I dislike these episodes. They're just, I like most of the other episodes of the season more, but I still, I still enjoyed these. And the nice thing, you know, we, we yeah, we've mentioned this before, like how these, how the season's kind of been blocked into like two or three episodes. Yeah. Two, two episode arcs. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we have here. Yeah. It kind of, yeah. It kind of feels like almost like the first eight episodes are, are the TV series culminating in the, yeah, the, the film or whatever of nine and 10 in that way, almost like this is supposed to be the kind of the, the flashy action stuff that everyone goes to see or whatever. I mean, and so I, I agree. I agree with what's been said. But they've also earned it. I mean, I feel like everything they did brought us to this point where the this big two part finale, or whatever you want to call it, is has they've earned it all the way to allow them to do this thing that they they, they couldn't have done this from the get go. They couldn't have had some big action thing where everyone just happens to be in the episode and it's just bang bang shoot them up, you know, fun stuff or whatever. And uh, I agree that how they. There is some. There were some things that were a bit predictable by the time you get toward the end, like things that have to fall a certain way for it to end the story. But you know, you, you've got you got to get to that point. Um, but but the explanations are absolutely plausible. They're well thought out, and, it, and it's difficult. I think it's difficult with that balancing act of writing something that makes sense but is not too predictable and not too techy and are tiresome you know like okay, all that works and it, it all just falls into place the way they the, their explanations. So. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, 
yeah, we get obviously as it goes, we get to the point where, and and the notion of there, they had this idea of we're going to get them on the D. We've got to get them to that point and doing something to save everybody. And how are we going to make that make some sense? And that's really hard because we've seen a million examples in recent episodic television where they've constantly are, they wanted to get to a point and they just wrote a bunch of crap to get themselves there and didn't really care that it that it was plausible or worked very well you know and and that's not the case here well we get the the d in this in the same way that the d becomes relevant because it's the only ship not tied into the network we get uh, the old people must be the ones to save the day because they're the only ones that aren't assimilated it seems fair Shaw's killed. Seven and Rafi stay behind to really make it so that it's just the old next-gen crew going to the D. It must have a great automation system like Scotty once gave us for the 1701 in Star Trek Three, because it's all being run by people on the bridge. I think I mentioned earlier this season where the first time, episode four or five, the first time that we go to the museum, is that what it's called? No. The Fleet Museum where the D was kept, right? Yes. Yeah. The first time we go there, which side note, there there was a bit where uh, his daughter says, hey, dad, what about, you know, uh, Bay 12 or whatever? Yeah. And he says, no, we're not talking about that or something. So, okay, finish there. Uh, but the first time we went there in that previous episode and we saw, we had that moment where they're looking at all the different Jack and, and Seven and looking at the different ships and they're talking about them. And I said, I feel like we're going right up to the nostalgia line, but not crossing it. I was cool with it. The first time I saw this episode, I did wonder if they crossed the line and pushed the nostalgia button a little too hard. That's not to say I did not enjoy seeing the 1701D, and especially, I'll admit, hearing Majel's voice. That actually really got me even more than seeing the, the bridge of the D. But, you know, I mean, what practically speaking, the danger, of course, in getting going too far down the nostalgia hole is that it doesn't stand on its own. It requires all these other things to have any level of meaning. And I, if I try to be objective, I don't think they've gone that far. They have story reasons and explanations for everything. I think if you'd never seen the Next Generation show, that you certainly would follow the story. But you'd probably be okay with it. I don't know. So, I mean, do you guys, do you guys think they went too far? And what is going too far? And I think it was a good balance because, I mean, basically the D is in, you know, one episode. You know, we see it maybe the last five minutes of this particular episode. But, I mean, it gets one starring role episode. I think if they would have brought it in three or four episodes again, it would have lost that very quickly. And it might have looked – it might have been what you were saying, Brian, that they're – going too far in the nostalgia i think and you know the the explanation makes sense when you're saying like oh prime directive we didn't want it contaminating we just had to get it out of there and you know jordy being in the position that he's in to to work on it so that all makes sense um in this in this universe but yeah um it doesn't bother me for just one episode it's it's really of course it's really hard to imagine not having watched next gen when it's so much in your blood but I think the, the the plot it makes enough sense that it, it's there's no holes in it. It's not wacky. It's not confusing, unlike the first two seasons. That um, I think anyone could follow along. It's like okay, that oh, I see they're talking about that, and they kind of connect the dots. They wouldn't be lost or anything like that. They're just going to lose some of that 
I can't not tear up various times watching these last two episodes, to be honest with you, just because of the history. And people that, you know, experienced that in their past won't have that, but they'll understand it, certainly, you know. We definitely got subtle nostalgia with the Titan. You know, we'll talk about the Titan in the next episode, but, I mean, it pretty much looks it's like a constitutional-class starship. It so, looks like the original Enterprise. Not a galaxy-class, though. <laughs> True. Yeah. The... I forget what they call it, the fleet formation or whatever, them all together, that whole, st- and then the whole storyline. Uh, didn't, didn't Lower Decks do this first? Oh, yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. I wonder if there was a conversation there with anybody. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Well, even, even in Discovery, didn't it? There was the plot like, you know, like ships interconnected and that being an issue. I think that was season two, right? The lower decks actually did the whole, they're all controlled together and moving together, whatever. But once again, this show brings back a classic character to kill them. Uh, technically, we don't see, they don't say for certain that Shelby is dead, but we see her get like two huge poles put into her chest from phaser fire. Right, right. I don't see how you survive that. Uh, so pretty sure she's dead. Off screen, it's possible that Elnor was killed because they do explicitly say that the Excelsior was destroyed. We know he was stationed there. I didn't ever hear any note about uh, he was. I mean, I heard them say like offline, "Oh, I'm sure he was." You know, he we didn't kill him. He was transferred. Well, nobody said that ever. They didn't cut to Rafi at any point. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the next episode, there was nothing from Rafi about you know. So maybe that's a reason enough. She surely there would have been a scene. It wouldn't have made any sense in this season, but uh, a scene. I don't think that's possible. That was missed. They kind of just, oh crap, you know. So we forgot that we sent Elnor to the Excelsior. Yeah. Okay. So if, he, if, he's, if he's ever to come back, I'm sure he wasn't on the ship. Yeah. Okay. It's one of those oopsie daisy. <laughs> I like that moment where Data places his hand on Picard's shoulder. He would not have done that. During next gen, it wouldn't have made any sense, you know, but he is a more evolved character here, but it's not like he comes in and puts his hand on his shoulder and hugs him. He comes in the first thing he says, like, you know, do you want me to say something comforting or something like that? Right. And Picard says, I think you'd find that very difficult or possible. So he's still an evolving character, but he is definitely different. We've talked about that in the last couple of episodes that he's this new data and you know, it's cool. It's interesting. It was touching, actually. You mentioned Shaw's death. I enjoyed that scene, you know, for Seven. I mean, you know, Seven came a long way in this season. We'll talk more about her in the next episode, but that was a good scene for her. It was, I really, I, you know, Shaw was a, a fun character, and I was actually a little surprised they killed him off, but I mean, yeah. I mean dramatically, for TV, it works. Dramatically, it works, and it helps Seven's character for future stuff possibly but yeah that seems nice he, he he calls her by her name it's the only time he does it right it's not my ship anymore it's yours i think uh also it's worth saying that i think the how the, the whole plot element of the you know these younger people are the ones that are taken over by this and they're the only ones that can be taken over by this for various reasons but it it, it adds a adds a, a new another layer to the horror of it all i found it very horrific and i think it's because it also it touches that whole fear of becoming obsolescent, obsolete, you know, that fear of obsolescence of old age, you know, where you think, you know, am I relevant anymore in this kind of thing? And when, when you literally have the youth taken over by something that is threatening to just either 
take you out or shoot you out the airlock, whatever it is. I mean, that's, you know, that really gets to it, you know, and I know, I know they did it also for, of course, just to get the, our original crew on that ship together to save the day. But I, I think there's something to that from, up, you know, a theme angle. Yeah. They really took their time with assimilating, showing the assimilation of the folks on the bridge and the slowly turning. And then you get the pretty horrific moment of, of Jordy being like, I have to get to my girls and, you know, data stopping him and to do what, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, it was effective. It, it was pretty good. It worked for me. Very Borg horrifying. I mean, it's clever. Like, you know, you, I mean, I enjoyed the science. I mean, it, it brings a new, brings a new twist on something that we've seen quite a bit, you know, assimilation. It's a new horrific way of doing it. I like that scene. Last one I'll mention is I like that scene between uh, Picard and Crusher after Jack leaves and they're kind of lamenting losing him all right what's this episode about i think part of it is something that steve was talking about it's more subtle you know it's like um in all of human history i mean the younger generation is always going to take over and this one they do it in you know they do it in more of a horrific way and that's how just life works it's always going to be the younger the younger generations kind of coming up is is what decides so there's a little bit of that in there there's some other themes in here you know you were mentioning and Picard and, and Crusher, I, just the, I think they're trying to talk about, you know, like you can only, you can only do so much for the children that you bring up. They are going to make their own decisions. They're going to make their own choices and whether they're good or bad, you know, there's a, because there's a lamenting of not being able to control that. And they kind of, you kind of see them. They weren't able to, to control Jack or control the situation. And that's just part of being a parent. You know, we, we see Picard, he, you know, he learns how to be a father and, you know, 10 episodes of this season and by the next one, he, he, he really comes to fruition. So, uh, you know, I think what they're trying to say is what it's like to be a parent, and, you know, so those are kind of like some of the themes that I took from it. As these episodes tend to be when they're the kind of culmination of the big action episodes, they're often not focused on one theme. But I do think what we've talked about, the, you know, having having to try to pick up the pieces, try to help out, try to keep um, everything from just going haywire, but only having so much control to do it and, you know, having to be creative and step back and how, how are you going to fix this problem? How are you going to think of it coming together and so forth? So, and sa- the sacrifice, you know, who's sacrificing so that you have a, a chance saving the day, these kinds of, these kinds of things. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. All right, let's do six degrees for Vox. Adam, Elizabeth Dennehy returns as commander, now Admiral Shelby. We last saw her play the character in what year? I'm talking about our year the last time. She played the character. Shelby? Mm-hmm. Um, 1994. Steve? Uh, 90. Yes, sir. Best of Both Worlds Part 2. That was 1990. Steve has one moving on. The Last Generation, Season 3, Episode 10. Original release date, April 20th, 2023. Directed by Terry Matalas. Written by Terry Matalas. Guest cast include Brent Spiner as Data, LeVar Burton as Jordy LaForge, Michael Dorn as Worf, Jonathan Frakes as William T. Riker, Gates McFadden as Beverly Crusher, Marina Sirtis as Deanna Troy, Alice Krieg as the Borg Queen, Walter Koenig as Anton Chekhov, Tim Russ as Tuvok, Todd Stashwick as Liam Shaw, and Ashley Sharp Chestnut as Sidney LaForge. <laughs>
Picard and the crew of the Enterprise-D find the Borg cube hiding in the clouds of Jupiter. Seven liberates the Titan from the assimilated crew and engages the fleet, while Worf and Riker infiltrate the cube to destroy the Borg's signal, while Picard, with Beverly's help, finds Jack under the Queen's influence. The Queen reveals that after Catherine Janeway's pathogen attack decimated the Borg, the remnants of the Collective struck a deal with the rogue changelings to destroy the Federation from the inside. Do not approach Earth. A signal of unknown origin has turned our young against us. They have been assimilated by the Borg. Our fleet has been compromised, and as we speak, our planetary defenses are falling. Soul Station is defending Earth as best it can, but we're almost out of time. We have not been able to find a way to stop this Borg signal and unassimilate our young. But I know if my father were here, he'd remind us all that hope is never lost. There are always possibilities. Until then, I implore you, save yourselves. Farewell. Steve, kick us off on Last Generation. All right. Uh, yeah, so we got a longer than average episode length here, uh, which was fitting, and it allowed for the um, lengthy coda or the goodbyes and the salutes and all that kind of thing. And, and as this season has done so well, it's not only been a uh, cap to next gen, but really a cap to um, the Star Trek, you know, we grew up with and have seen. We have the opening with uh, Chekhov, you know, apparently Chekhov's son, we assume, is the president. And uh, the, that speech at the beginning, that was that was really cool. Um, and then we proceed to have this... Uh, with a nice little tribute to Anton Yelkin, I think, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, so even that, even the, the newer movies referenced by doing that. And then on to the, the primary story, of course, of our next-gen crew proceeding to save the day through the, um, the away team that goes down, through what they're doing on the ship. Everyone has some kind of role in that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you know, Rafi and Seven and what's going on with the Titan and, and buying them time. And, and that's fantastic and fun as well. And... Um, and, and yeah, it, it, you know, you have, it all, it all culminates with everything, you know, they, they obviously do a whole lot of, uh, hinting that maybe they won't all survive. And, you know, it's something, you know, you realize that's all just, they're just trying to trick us into thinking this could all go south, but ultimately we have a, a fantastic, happy ending, you know, and not, not a dull happy ending, but something very satisfying and along with nice caps to the other characters that have been through this series all the way i mean it's great having tubak come back and that that meeting with seven and her promotion and then what they do at the tail end of the episode it's it's one of these like i've said early on in this it's like this whole thing's been such a gift to have something of this quality to put a cap on you know uh, you know this final goodbye to the the trick one grows up with if you're around our age and then on top of it you have this uh, situation where essentially who would, have, who would have thought seven of nine, the captain of the Enterprise, at the end of, end of the whole thing? It's just, it's, it's just fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Steve. I, one thing I don't know how Worf survived. How many times did he get shot? <laughs> I know he's just indestructible. I guess you know. He's I mean, a warrior. It's, it's crazy. It's yeah. <laughs> way of the warrior. Yeah, it really did feel like they were going out of their way to 
Then Picard's going to die. Like when he leaves the right, bridge of the yeah, day, yeah, he over says, and it's over. been an honor serving with you. And then later on the board cube, when he's parts with ways with Riker and Worf, and he's like, says goodbye to them both. It's very emotional. I'm like, oh yeah, they're going to kill him. <laughs> so that was just all a fake out. I mean, or were they, were they trying to convey that Picard thought he was going to die? Because I don't think that's it. I, fe- I think yeah. it was a freaking fake out. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious how for how long and for and how many different iterations that they think about who we're going to kill off here. How many are we going to kill off? Some, one, a few. You know, I, I wonder what the, what they pondered. You know, but maybe we'll learn someday. Another thing I had in my notes, and I, it's a little quibbling thing. You know, when he reconnects to the collective, and I'm like, can you reconnect to the collective? I mean, Data was never able. Well, that was the whole generations thing. They tried to make him human, and like because he's an android now. But it's just a little quibbling thing. Yeah, I guess if he doesn't have the, if he doesn't have the same genes thing, maybe I, I do remember somebody else bringing that up too. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't be able to. But yeah, my one minor quibble is um, I'm very sensitive to lip flap. You know, Alice Krieg came back to give us the voice of the board queen, but she did not perform. That's not her as the queen. So you have somebody trying to match her voice, and it it doesn't quite match. You know, it, it looks like what it is which is dubbing so i don't know it feels kind of cheap every time every time there's a close-up of her speaking i'm like just cut to somebody else please it, it that that did kind of bug me and if and if the rest of the show hadn't been such high quality i wouldn't even have noticed but it sticks out when it's so great it sticks out in an episode when for the first time ever we see the enterprise d flying around like crazy in ways that they could never do back when it was a model, but it still looks like the model. Yeah. Oh, those shots. I, I actually rewound, rewound it a couple of times because you, there, you could actually see into the ship. You could see the ready room. Yeah. You could see 10 forward. I was like, Oh, this is so cool. You can look into the ship because the effects are so much better today than when they were back then. Yeah. So that, that was really, yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying about the board queen, but I mean, other than that, I mean, you know, the effects, especially all the stuff around Jupiter and, the the board cube i mean it's it's what steve was saying earlier this is the movie version of of what we all them not that the effects haven't been outstanding throughout this season but i mean it was really really cool to see there was one moment i thought was odd it's not a complaint but that moment with the uh seven and they first retake the bridge and like the guy's like i'm a pilot or no i'm a, I'm a cook not a pilot and she's like <laughs> you can do it <laughs> <laughs> comic um, relief i don't know it was a little. It was weird because, like, like I don't know who that guy is. We've never seen him before or after. It was. It was a little weird, but that's. You did a pretty good job. I mean, you know, strafing across the I fleet. Guess. But like later, Seven has some really good captainy moments. Like she has that bit where she gives him the speech. You know, like we have to stall. Time, we have to stall for Picard and the Enterprise D to complete their mission. And here now, we're all that's left of Starfleet. It's up to us. You know, and she's she's great in that moment. They've completely set her. I mean, can we get into this? I mean, they completely set her up. You know, Steve mentioned, you know, the scene with, with Tuvok, you know, she becomes captain of great scene, the, the, the enterprise. And obviously, you know, there's that, the end scene where, you know, the year later when the enterprise has been refit and she's One the captain year later of, when they're wearing the same clothes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, and that's basically setting up, I mean, they, nothing's been announced or you can tell me different, Brian, but I mean, obviously they're, trying to set something up with with her and possibly a new enterprise crew especially when you know because discovery will be done are they done with their last season yet or are they still filming 
Well, they were supposed to supposedly they were going to film like two more days or something so they could actually attach kind of an ending to the already shot final episode now that they know it's going to be the series finale. But with the writer's strike, I kind of wonder what's going to happen with that. So obviously after, you know, Discovery's done, there's just going to be strange new worlds and, you know, lower decks, however much, however much longer that goes. So, yeah, I mean, they're definitely setting something something up. And, you know, I'm sure we're not the only three that have seen fans and Twitter stuff out there. You know, just they're excited to see Seven of Nine be the captain of the Enterprise in a new series. So, and I, I love that idea. That was the coolest thing about the end of this episode. I mean, one of the, I mean, the nostalgia stuff's great, but I was like, this is awesome. This sets something up the future it's great i mean you know what they can do with that they have jack on there i mean there's so many cool things they could do they got a laforge on the bridge um i mean you we could even see return of i don't know if we'll ever see patrick stewart again in the trek universe but we could definitely see other legacy characters just return for a bit here and there in a new season so uh, it's exciting to see what they they might have in store in the future yeah i'm sure we'd all be very excited to watch that show and do it do it now not not 10 years from now this is perfect time for Jerry. I do think if this had aired a couple of years ago, they probably would have jumped right on it. We're just in this weird state of all the streamers suddenly deciding they need to make money, shutting things down. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously this would be this would be a more expensive show than that Starfleet Academy thing they announced, which is not going to have any existing stars and stuff I, I don't know but as far as this episode well and obviously, obviously there's the tease at the end of the credits there that even set it up even further with q coming back yeah i think i don't know i i could have been i could have lived without the the q bit at the end yeah same it's here fine. Um, it's, it's fine um, i mean it explains it i mean i caught it the second time around it explains you know the linear linear time you know so maybe he is actually dead but the q continue they don't live Time isn't linear for them, so I really like that bit on the shuttle craft leading up to the reveal of the rechristened Titan SD seventeen on one G. We've never seen that before, have we? Another ship rechristened to be certainly not to be the Enterprise. I don't think so. Yeah. But I like that moment, you know, the way they flip that line is Jack says he was getting that post because of nepotism and Picard says, Ah, names mean almost nothing <laughs> and then of course once they show the Titan is the Enterprise, and he whispers, like, names mean almost everything. <laughs> uh, but it was nice. It was nice. That's a ship with an interesting legacy. Started out as the original Titan with Riker and mm -hmm. turned into a retro Constitution class. So still is the Titan. Picard Adventures, and then presumably, hopefully, we get to see the new adventures of the Enterprise. Was the Enterprise F destroyed then, or did they rechristen that as something else? We don't know. Which one came out of Space Dock? The big one? That was the F, yeah. It's and Shelby, uh, yeah. Shelby got shot up, and we don't know what happened to it. Uh, and, yeah, what are they going to do? Just waste the whole ship? So, uh, it's kind of got a bad taste in our mouth after all that. So, let's just put it away. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. What the... I, I, I read about it, and who knows? Like, I mean, it just, could just be fan fodder um, that it was decommissioned, that it had been a ship that had been around for a while, the, the F. So, after oh. that, it'd been, it was decommissioned. Was it only they were only bringing it out for Fleet Day, Frontier Day, yeah. or whatever it was? Space Dock is destroyed. Now I don't mind because I think my Star Trek Three Space Dock is the one that became the museum. Although I don't know how you got it over there unless it could travel at warp. But anyway, 
but holy moly, they sure seem to rebuild Space Dock very quickly. <laughs> in a year. They, rebuilt, they built that whole thing in one year. Drones. One year. Drones. It's amazing. That is amazing. I do really like the, you know, it's funny, like, Jack had almost nothing to do in this episode until the very end, but it's good. Once Picard jacks in, and we have that scene between them, Picard has that wonderful line about, some, I forget what it is, something like, you were the piece of me I didn't know was missing or something. It's really nice, and of course, yeah, for sure. it delivers it. With, it's like, know, I like Renzo. I'm going to stay here with you. I was... Yeah. It's, it's touching. It works, you know? It's good. Obviously, I like this episode because they give us some actual goodbyes. Uh, people that might that have listened to our podcast for a while may remember that I had a complaint about the last episode of Voyager, a very small complaint that I only mentioned in passing and didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right, I barely remember you complaining about that, Brian. Let's yeah. uh, refresh uh, our memory. <laughs> <sighs> did, I, did I mention that I listened to that episode for a while? I'm, like, I'm sure like you guys, you never listened to our past episodes. Why would we? But I listened to that one because I was curious about, I was trying to find the spot when I first, when we first mentioned the pandemic and that was right around there. And I was like, wow, I really, <laughs> I really went off for a very long time about how angry that made me that they just ended the damn show without any kind of closing. Anyway, this is how you do it. This is how you do it, folks. This is great. I would rather you give me too many scenes of closure than not enough, none, or certainly than not enough. You can't, you can't give me too many scenes of closure. I'll take the 45-minute ending to uh, Return of the King. Let me tell you. <laughs> I want the closure. Uh, the way I love Star Trek is that it is... I'm a trekker. I go on a journey. It's a real breathing universe. And you can't just shut it down and not show me what the hell happened. So this is great for me. I, I remember reading somewhere, some interview with Matalus and... He implied he had like 45 minutes of them sitting around the poker table, and then maybe he would chuck it all on the behind the scenes, you know, the VAM. And let me tell you, if it's on there, I'm going to watch every minute of it. <laughs> I'm going to watch all of it. And I think it's it's not just great because it does it does give us closure, but it also, I think there's in little ways it provides hope for more closure. You know, it it, it provides hope for more stories because I tell you for sure. Even, I don't know, just a few years ago, someone would have said, you know, what are the chances you're ever going to see some, you know, them do something, anything like what we saw in these, in this season said, there's no way, there's no way that's ever going to happen. I would, I, I, no, no, never, you know, and even after the, the, you know, the, the, how, when they announced the Picard series and it's like, oh, he's back and that's, that's fantastic. But I, I still never hoped something that's as good as this, you know, especially after the series got going and we saw what was going on with it. But you know, with, with this, we there's there's possibilities. You think like you know, we could see we could see what's going on with other beloved characters that had a not so great ending on past series and things like that. It's just because it's you know, as we said, it's not as closure for them. We have the great the great scene with uh, Seven and Tuvok, and yep. that was just fantastic. I mean, that that was as good as any of it. You know, you guys have seen Marina Spiritus. I mean, several times, right? I'm not. I've seen her a couple times, and the reason I bring this up is she's always complained about when in generations when she finally got to take the helm of the enterprise it crashed on a planet so i did notice in this you know she takes the helm and pulls this badass maneuver to save you know all of them you know in the queen chamber so <laughs> i wonder if she had a hand in deciding that like hey i'm gonna be the one fly 
controlling the enterprise to save the day here. So I, it was a nice moment for her. I, I only bring that up because I've seen her a couple times and each time she's like, I crashed the enterprise. Yeah. Well, they, and, and they all got, they all got to do something. I mean, they ever, all throughout this, in the, la- in the last episode, but also throughout this whole, this whole series, as we've already said, they all had to do way more than they ever got to do in the seven seasons of next gen, you know, all these other characters, you know, Crusher has that crazy moment where she like fires all those weapons mm-hmm. and they look back at her like, Oh my God. Uh, Data has his bit about, um, I know in my gut I can do this and has the crazy piloting through the cube. That, that Beverly scene brought me back to that episode where, you know, when she first took command of the Enterprise and she was fighting with the with the skeleton crew that she was dealing with. It's come a long way in 20 years. What's this episode about? Well, there's a finality to this episode. I mean, you know, the chances of, of us ever seeing, you know, all these guys together again on screen is probably next to nil. Let me, let me say, by the way, I would be very happy to not see them again. That sounds mean. What I mean is, this is so great. You're not going to top it. You're not going to top it. I, I hope that we don't try to bring them all together again. I mean, I like I said, and what I was mentioning earlier, I, mean, I think we could see some of them jumping into new series, depending on yeah, what, one or two what the future is. And, cool that's, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, guest star for an episode or whatever. That makes sense. Especially, especially Jordy. You know, he's got kids there and on the, the new Enterprise. So... Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's it's the culmination of this season, you know, and the culmination. Um, so if you look at the Picard series, the three seasons of Picard, you know, if if any of them have anything in common, you know, season one, season two, and three have anything in common, it was, it's kind of weird. It's kind of about the completion of the Picard character, you know, in the first season. It was you know him coming over, overcoming the grief and all that he went through that we didn't get to see. Season two death and this was you know about becoming a parent so there there isn't there is a common there is that one commonality between each scene and then you know we get to the end of this and you truly see like i said i think you truly see a complete human being a complete character like everything that that you could experience in life picard has experienced and that was you know having a child and having a family and i think that comes together very nicely in this episode the moments with jack where he's like, I'll stay with you. You know, you, I didn't, you're the piece that I didn't know I was missing. And then we get to the end where his, this, his Starfleet, his real family, his Starfleet family, his enterprise family. So I, in a lot of ways, that's what I kind of took from this episode because this is, you know, this series is Picard. So I think towards the end, you know, it's, it, that was what I took from it, what they were trying to say, the focus on like, this is this is his legacy. Yeah, I, and I think what they did, one of the many things they did so well in this season, is they they kept to a, they kept to a point. You know, all the episodes all had their own thing, but what does go all throughout and is and is focused on this particular episode as well is that relationship. It's Picard and the Sun, and how this revelation has changed him and how he'd never anticipate being changed in this way by, by learning of his child and how it, how, you know, changes him as a person, how it uh, provides a different, a different um, perspective, you know, on his other relationships, you know, the notion of family, what does it mean? Um, what you sacrifice for family and, you know, these, these different families he has and, um, yeah, I I, th- I think it's they they kept to they kept to that theme throughout this season. They kept coming back to it and um, what fatherhood's doing and what the recognition of family, what you do for people close to you, and how that changes you.
Let's do six degrees for the last generation. Steve. Alice Krieg returns to voice the character of the Borg Queen. We last saw her play this character. We last saw her play this character in what year? I'm probably going to forget something. 2001? Yes, sir. Endgame. She did the voice in Lower Decks and obviously here and some other stuff like that. But last time we saw her, Endgame, 2001. All right, so that does it for Picard. Um, I think we're all in agreement that the first season was the best. And uh, no, no, <laughs> no. I'm sure we all agree that season three was not only the best, it was just great Star Trek. And it's the for me, it's the best Star Trek in decades. Uh, I mean, I really loved it. I, I had a tear in my eye in every episode except maybe the last one. Um, and I still loved the last one too. But I mean, it was... It was great. It was just reminded me. I don't know. It, it reminded me of why I love Star Trek and why Star Trek is so important to me. And I was starting to get away from that a little bit after years of, you know, maybe Star Trek that, that didn't speak to me as much. And, and it's because it's good. I really, in my heart, do not believe I just love this because I saw the next gen characters together for the first time in a while. I, I really don't think that is why I, this is so great. I think it's so great because it's so great. Because the writing is great and the performances are great and the story is compelling. It's just good. And it's, and it has something to say for me. Anything you guys want to add about just Picard overall, like season three made seasons one and two worth it for me. Well, what I got to say, it kind of makes me want to go back and watch um, Next Gen. I haven't, since we did Next Gen, when, what years did we do Next Gen? Like 12? Yeah, 13, 14. Somewhere around in there. Yeah, so it's almost been 10 years. I don't think I could go back and watch all of them again, but it definitely the best of. No, I agree. I agree with, what, with what's been said. I mean, it was just in time, too, right? It's not like I would ever stop watching Trek just because, oh, man, this just keeps being bad Trek or not so great or whatever. But, um, to the, you know, to pull out all the stops and make something that's just this fantastic that was just, you know, turn the corner. And it, it was like, oh, great. Now I'm excited again for what, what else can be and yeah. just happy this exists and so on. Yeah. And the joy of it is because if uh, let's say it ended with season two how disappointing that would have been or if it was like, <laughs> I mean, it would have just been, so it's, it's nice that they got people that understood Star Trek and yeah. really did it right yeah. because mm -hmm. it would have been, it would have been, it would have been disappointing, but it had been painfully disappointing if this season turned out to be similar to the first two seasons with all these characters that we love. And this is what they did with it. It would have been just, it would have been heart wrenching. Thank you, Terry. <laughs> for sure all right folks uh this has been so great revisiting this show this is now the fourth time i've watched it <laughs> it's only been out for a couple months pretty great thank you so much for spending an hour with us we are going to be back in two weeks to discuss the first two episodes of star trek prodigy we hope you'll join us for that in the meantime you can send us an email trekcompanion at gmail.com our twitter handle is at trekcompanion until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya.
Stefan and Pastor.